What's at Issue Season 1 as we talk about healthcare. My name is Jason Edson, and I'm a trainer with the Americans for Prosperity Foundation. Together with Caleb Stokes, we're going to be breaking down and breaking apart the issue of healthcare. We're going to be talking about the problems and the solutions for what we can do today and in the future. We're also looking at how we got here and what happened to make the system the way that it is today and how we can ensure that we always get the best care that we deserve. So Jason, accessibility. Something, um, it's something I hear all the time, accessibility, affordability. We need more access. We, we need better quality. Um, so we, we, we're going to talk about it all the time, too. You're, I mean, folks are going to hear us bring this word up. Ultimately, how, how would you define accessibility? What is accessibility? Accessibility is being able to see your provider when you need to see the provider or getting a test done when you need the test done. And it's completely different than the affordability conversation that we have as well. When we're talking about changing insurance or when we're talking about certain health insurance for all, then we're really talking about who's going to pay for it. And we're Mm -hmm. not getting into the idea of how do we get care and how do we get an appointment? Yeah. Because, you know, we have other countries that have six or eight month lead times before you can have an appointment. That's clearly not accessible. No, you know, Canada no. and the UK, a lot of simple appointments are that much of a backlog. But you in hear the all the time. It's, it's the pitch I hear all the time that Canada's healthcare system is one of the best. It's got fantastic, uh, you know, it, it provides fantastic healthcare for all of its citizens. Right, right. It was, the pitch is that it pays. It, there's, so there the you state go. pays. The, the state, state pays, pays for it. You have to wait six months in line. Yep. Yeah. And we're looking at that here, too. You know, who's the question since World War Two has been who's going to pay for it? Who's going to pay for it? Yeah. When yeah. in reality, there are counties, major cities, huge areas of land in the U.S. that don't have an MRI machine or maybe only have one in the entire county. Yeah. So you're still waiting weeks, maybe not months. But if you need an MRI, if you're doing rehab on a shoulder injury and you get told you have to wait two weeks, you don't have access. You don't have you don't have good access to your care. That's just not how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have to get lab results taken and you have to get blood drawn and you call up for your appointment <laughs> and they're like, yes, I can do 2 a.m. on Saturday in three weeks. <laughs> that's. It's not helpful or, no. you know, when I, the, the reason that I use nurse practitioners and physician assistants so much is because 10, 15 years ago, I was sick. I still had an employer that for some strange reason demanded that I have a doctor's note before I could come back to work, even after calling out one day. And I called them up, called up the doctor's office. I was like, here's my situation. Need to talk to the doctor. And they go, okay, we can fit you in in two weeks. I'm like, well, I'll be healthy then. And I don't have that much vacation time. <laughs> and that, that means I don't have a doctor. If it takes that long, that means I don't have a doctor. Yeah. So when I had mentioned, I'm like, well, here's what I'm 
trying to do, they said, oh, well, we can schedule this afternoon with the nurse practitioner or the PA. I said, great, let's do that. So now I have access to care. Mm -hmm. I paid the same amount. It wasn't a matter of affordability. I had my same, I think back then, $20 copay that I would pay no matter who I saw. Yeah. But I got to spend the time with the person that day when I needed to see the medical provider. That means access. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's what you always talk about. People love to mention affordability, but if you don't have access, the affordability doesn't really, I mean, that's a, that's putting the cart before the horse. When you talk about affordability, it's actually having the access to what you need first. Right. And I've said this for a while that it doesn't matter who's paying for it. If the doctor doesn't exist. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, you were talking, you're talking earlier about, you know, if there's not an MRI machine, you have to drive Mm -hmm. a certain period of, of hours or whatever it might be to get to one. I know that's that's a lot dealing with certificate of need laws. And I want to dive into that because certificate of need laws are truly immoral and they create a huge uh, inaccessible system in healthcare. Certificate of need laws, they artificially remove access to healthcare. So 35 states, including Colorado, have laws that say you have to get permission to build any medical equipment or new ER beds. And everyone's a little bit different in what they regulate. But the example of Colorado, which is just about every state that has these laws, Mm -hmm. uses them on the MRI machines. Yeah, this one hospital can do this one specific MRI test. And anybody else that wants to be able to have that machine has to get government permission to build that machine. And not only that, but everybody who has that machine gets a say and whether or not they need it. What? Walk me through that again. Yeah. Now, so imagine you want to own your own restaurant. You went to culinary school, you find a space, but in order to open your business, you had to get permission from the government to start a restaurant. And then every other restaurant in town got to say yes or no to if the town needs another restaurant. So you want to open a pizza place? All the other pizza places get to say, no, I think we serve all the people that need pizza. And I don't think we need any more pizza places to cut into our profit. That's certificate of need laws. I, that infuriates me top to down, it should. whatever you want to say, whether it's a pizza restaurant or especially dealing with health care. Like, this is a life or death situation sometimes. We need to make sure we have these MRI scans uh, in, in a timely fashion. I know I've told you this story before, but my, um, my mother-in-law actually lives out in Colorado. And last year she was diagnosed with stage four thymoma cancer. It's a very rare form of cancer that, that's in her thymus gland. And she had to get a specific MRI done. Uh, however, she lives out in the boonies a little bit in her local hospital because of certificate of need laws, did not have that particular MRI machine. She Mm -hmm. has stage four cancer. It's incredibly timely that we understand how much it spread, if it spread. And instead of getting it done at her local hospital, she had to go to Denver because the only two machines that existed in the state were both in Denver, Colorado. And she she had to wait a week to make the appointment and drive five hours. 
Luckily, she's great. She's recovered beautifully. But because of these certificate of need laws, it limited her access to get what we think should be a basic uh, MRI type scan. And when we're dealing with stage four cancer, you're dealing with life or death. And every day is important. And she had to wait a freaking week and drive to Denver. Now imagine, I'm glad she's doing better, first of all. Yeah. But imagine all the people who don't have family members, friends, or a community that can give them that ride. How many people have to pay that out of pocket? A five-hour drive? Yeah. This starts to add up in expense. So realistically, it doesn't matter that the machine is five hours away. It might as well be 50 or 500 hours away Mm because it doesn't exist for you. That's a great point. Even then, cancer's not easy day to day. I mean, I can't imagine. She's probably already in pain. She's probably Mm -hmm. already weak probably already doesn't want to sit in the same spot in the same way for five straight hours. And then she has to do that. And, you know, importantly as well, she just wanted to be home. Like she said, you know, her, we drove out there to be with her, to support her. And she just wanted to be in the comfort of her, of her own home. And, and she couldn't be, and it was heartbreaking. And she can see the providers that she knows in the building that she's oh, comfortable yeah. with. I go through different hospitals all the time and mm-hmm. I'm wheeling a patient through and I have an ID badge and patches. Yeah. Yeah. And if I ask where people, where things are, they go, oh, you go here. And I hate it. I hate <laughs> wandering through a new hospital that I've never seen before. And I've done it all the time. I can't imagine someone who's already got everything else on their mind then also having to think about a hospital they've never been in before and may never go in again, trying to navigate through with people they don't know. And she adored the staff at her local hospital. She still does because uh, yep. she goes for regular checkups and follow. So they have all her paperwork and they know all <laughs> of her information. Yeah. And we know whether or not the technology is working, we know that her information is there and is connected. Bingo. Bingo. But I mean, she fell in love with her nurses, especially her nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, they they exchanged Christmas gifts this past year. They went on holiday excursions. <laughs> like, I mean, it's people yeah. that she trusts and now people with whom she shares a strong relationship. Yeah. But she had to drive to Denver. Just yeah, and no one, you know, hit me off, Jason. It's what yep. you do really well. It's what I you do. do. I do. I mean, no one would ever, ever imagine passing a law that says all of the burger joints get to have a say in whether or not a new burger joint opens. And yet we sit here and talk about certificate of need laws like, yes, they exist. Of course they do. And it stifles innovation so much because if we're mm-hmm. talking about the burger joints, what if I just came up with the, the best kick-ass burger in the world? Right. I mean, this is going to, it is cheeseburger in paradise. It's going to innovate fast food. But I have such an uphill climb and battle because there are all of these other uh, um, burger joints that don't want me to have my business. So that actually is holding humanity and society back because we're not allowed to innovate because my competition doesn't want me to. Right. You came up with a new technology, a new way of doing things, a new process, and you have to go through this, all of this, you know? You know, you mentioned her, um, was it her nurse practitioner or, or her PA that you mentioned? That It was, really it was her nurse her. practitioner, yeah. Nurse yeah. practitioner. They are such amazing fields. And mm-hmm. they do, in, in the end, nurse practitioners and physician assistants, 
kind of feel like they do a lot of the same work, but the process to get there is very different and there's a lot of nuance. Mm -hmm. But talking about access, you cannot leave those two out of it, those two professions. Mm -hmm. They're powerful, powerful professions that are designed to truly help people. But the same thing, they're limited in what they can do. So you have people that, and this isn't add-ons, this is core components of their courses, core components of their trainings. And these are masters and sometimes doctorate level degrees. Yeah. My, my cousin's yeah. a PA and he's, yeah. he's been in school for forever. <laughs> he's, yeah, he is exactly. a highly trained uh, medical individual. Yep. And they're not allowed to do their full scope of practice, which hurts all of us in the long run, because these services, usually you're able to have a longer appointment. It's a more holistic care. So a lot of times your nurse practitioners and your PAs can look much more holistically at the picture and spend more time with you. There's less paperwork associated with it. But we have these laws that tack on additional paperwork, additional costs, because they have to have supervision from a doctor. That's what I was about to ask. I mean, so if if I'm a PA and I want to support a community out Mm -hmm. in a rural area, maybe out in Western Massachusetts, Mm-hmm. Isn't it isn't it true that I have to have some sort of supervision from a doctor to just check boxes, whether it's in that town or from a central location? Yes. So just about every state requires that those two professions have a doctor review all their paperwork. Basically review their notes, review their paperwork and check boxes. Why do they go to school? Like, why do these people go to school for years and train to save my life or not even save my life to, to fix my broken toe? Right. Fix your broken toe. Deal with ongoing issues. Do your yearly checkup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, again, that's I, pretty I, much I, all I see my doctor for these days. I is, know. Yeah. You know, I yeah. talk with my PA at my yearly checkup. That's about it. He congratulates me for not smoking. And he says, I still need yeah. to lose weight. And then I say, see you next year. But and then he, by law, a doctor then has to check boxes and go, he did a good job. So he reset that toe perfectly. Yeah. He earns and nine this, points. And this can be thousands of dollars a month for these folks who do it. And well, well, yeah, what do you, PAs what, and NPs, what do you mean? I'm sorry, what do you mean thousands of dollars a month? They have to pay a doctor to do it. And I've seen fees range from paying a doctor six hundred dollars a month to help pay for their <laughs> license to pay up to being thousands of dollars every single month to pay for that doctor to review their paperwork. So a nurse practitioner or PA not only has to have a top-down approach with someone looking over their shoulder, they have to pay for it? They have to pay for it. Because the state says the doctor is the one that's assuming all that risk, so they need to pay, so they need to have that, and everyone's insurance then needs to get involved, and it just keeps escalating, and it just keeps duplicating. And... Oh, my gosh. It makes more paperwork. And, you know, this is a doctor that may never see them. So the PAs and NPs are Mm -hmm. amazing for going out into rural areas. And you see that so much. You see that a lot in North Carolina where you are. Yeah. That as you get more western North Carolina, it gets more rural. PAs and NPs are really trying to strike out there to get that care out to the local communities. Yeah. But every single one then contracts a doctor in a major city to review their paperwork. This doctor's never going to meet you. This doctor's never going to meet them. Mm -hmm. They're just going to check boxes on paperwork to make a government entity happy 
and pay fees to a government entity, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it just adds unnecessary burden and unnecessary expense to everybody. So now their cost goes up. So mm -hmm. your cost goes up. Yep. And I love Kathy. Kathy is my PA in Silva, North Carolina. And actually, so Lida, my wife, we just had um, our first child, Rowan, little boy. He's, he's two months old now. Mm -hmm. And we actually built such a good relationship with Kathy because that's where we went to get the blood test to officially learn if she's pregnant or not. We actually went to Kathy for, for the first few checkups before we found a pediatrician um, because Kathy, our PA, is right down the road. We built a great relationship with her. We trust her. She has three kids herself, and she knows the area really well. Um, so we go to Kathy every time we can, and uh, it's, it's been helpful each and every time. She knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah, and that's what we want. That's, that is access. That is you yeah. Yeah. picking the provider you want. And I just want to tie a bow on all of this. Whether it's government regulation preventing equipment or preventing people, that inhibits access. So yeah. if the government says you can only have one MRI in the entire county, that means that MRI is going in the rich neighborhood. It's going okay. in the well-off neighborhood. For sure. It's not going in the rural or the low-income areas, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. So now huge chunks of the community don't have access to basic medical care. And then, like I said, it doesn't matter who's paying for it if you can't get the care. What's an Issue is a project of the Americans for Prosperity Foundation. Copyright 2021. I'm Jason Edson, and on behalf of Caleb Stokes and our entire team, thank you for listening. <laughs>